but everything we read in that article says they're not going to do the rational thing. Because I just believe he, if he did it against LeBron or other people, it means different things. He was locking down, he was locking up, mm. and had Giannis in solitary. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Chris Broussard, when you read that article at ESPN about the dysfunction, uh, my first takeaway, it's not just magic, it's not just Palenka, it's just holistically, it's a bunch it's of... It's everybody. It's everybody, so I'm not going to blame any... Except LeBron, actually. <laughs> LeBron was getting all the criticism a few months ago. And he's the guy that was on the right. sidelines in his pool. <laughs> like, you guys, call me when it's over. Right. Let me just say this, though. It does... There is something about this article that I would like if I was the Lakers. It gives us a clear path. I'm not crossing my fingers for free agents. It, it, do you know what it tells me? I got Lonzo in a number four pick. I got two young forwards averaging 18. I'm going to change the narrative. I'm going to bring somebody in. I'm not going to sit there and wait for somebody to read that article and have to choose me over the Celtics. If I'm the Lakers, I'm like, okay, this article's so bad. Let's be aggressive. Change the narrative. Make a trade. If you're sitting there now crossing your fingers on Jimmy Butler, if I'm his agent, I'm not sending him into that. Well, everything you said sounds rational, but everything we read in that article says they're not going to do the rational thing. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, because here's the thing. First of all, this shows you, I said it on this couch, this is why Jeannie Buss, when Magic stepped away, she had an opportunity. Clean it up. The first call should have been Masai Ujiri. Call David Griffin. Bring in a, a legitimate basketball executive to rerun things. Like, at this point right now, what are we, a month before free agency, essentially? You, your front office should have been revamped, set with a, a real basketball person. Your coaching hiring shouldn't have been the drama that it was. Like, all that should have been taken care of, and this story would have been irrelevant. It would have been nice reading, all oh, the drama, but it wouldn't have been relevant anymore. That's what they should have done. Obviously, they didn't. You made a good point about agents. The Rich Paul, you know, trying to run the organization – I look at that like as a report, like he's doing what a lot of agents would love to do. Sure. Get that power, right? Sure. And but the and if I'm a reporter and I'm like the quote about Rich and players know he's trying to trade you and coaches know he wants you fired, that was from another agent, a competitor. Like if I'm a reporter and another reporter has this great access, he's breaking all the stories that I don't have access to, I'm gonna be upset about that too. So other agents. I don't blame Rich Paul for trying to do that. I blame the Lakers for allowing him on the plane and all that stuff. But other agents, to the degree that they can influence their players, they're going to say, number one, they obviously don't trust Rob Palenka. They obviously used to compete with Rob Palenka. So when they break their presentation to their players, because they're going to break down, here's what the Lakers can offer, you know, money, everything else. Here's what the Raptors have. Here's what the Clippers have so on and so forth, they're going to say, you got a president, you can't believe a word he says. He says Kobe Bryant had dinner with somebody who's deceased. You know, so... That was you, in the article, you're too, not gonna, yeah. Yeah, that Kobe Bryant had dinner with Heath Ledger, who was dead at the time. You know, so you, you got that. He, are you going to be able to believe him when you say he says he's not going to trade you? Then 
they will not want them because if Rich has got that much juice and on the plane and everything, the players are going to be like, this is the guy. Like, it's tempting. Agents are always stealing other players from people. So that's where an agent will feel like, I don't want him there. So you make a good point about you engineer the deal. Right. Don't and, don't wait for Jimmy Butler to maybe land. Now, I do think you could get Butler. I, look, I think you're not getting KD anyway, Kevin Durant. I don't think you were getting Kawhi. Clay's going to stay in Golden State. Kyrie, he's one who I don't think he was coming anyway, but a lot of what he didn't, like, he wanted to get away from with LeBron was just the circus atmosphere. And this is worse. Right. Like, and whether it's LeBron's fault or just – the, the atmosphere around LeBron because he's so big, at least in Cleveland, you had a competent GM in David Griffin who could, you would think, control it to some degree. Now Kyrie may look, LeBron's so big, the circus is still there, and now there's no front office to even control it. There's, yeah, I, you know, think, I think Kyrie's a I think it's I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's a. I, I've been saying this for months. I think it's a hail mary right, for Jimmy I Butler. But I, but I do. I think Butler they could because I do think he would love to be in Hollywood in the yes. big city. And let me just throw I, this out the there. Uh, I, I said a couple. I said this several months ago, and many laughed. I said the guy that I think fits is Bradley Beal. Is that we see this all the time in sports? If you have a guy in sports, I'll take Eric Ebron on the tight end for the Lions. He's in a dysfunctional organization, Lions. You put him in a more functional organization, the Colts with Andrew Luck, Eric Ebron goes from bust to star. Victor Oladipo, little dysfunction with Russell Westbrook right. in the backcourt. You put him in the highly functional Pacers, and he flourishes. Bradley Beal the, is a 20-point-a-game guy. Wall gets hurt. John Wall, who can be dysfunctional. He averages 27 without him. I think we're looking at a Victor Oladipo, more talented, though. I was going to say, he's uh, yeah. better than Oladipo. I think we're looking at an Eric Ebron situation where you have a very talented guy, but in a dysfunctional environment, he is somewhat suppressed below his market value. I think Bradley Beal, only 25, very high basketball IQ, completely committed. Did have some injuries earlier in his career, but I think – so I just throw it out to you. They Bill need a guard. Be, Bill would be perfect. They need Lonzo Ball. They need they need guards and draft picks and young players. Well, here's the problem: we don't know what. Like, who's running the Wizards right now? They don't have a front office yet, so I don't know where the they want Lonzo for Bill came from. Because who's the G? They don't have a president yet. Ernie Grunfeld stepped away, or he got fired. So until we know who's running them, we can't be certain that they're going to give up. Bradley Beal, or that they even like Lonzo Ball. Let's see who the new guy is, you know? So that's the first challenge. But that being said, I'm look, if they could get Bradley Beal for Lonzo Ball, he fits perfectly in a heartbeat. Bradley Beal had a, an argument to be on that third team all yes. NBA. I, I actually had Clay on mine instead of Kimba, but Beal was in that conversation. He'd be great with LeBron, can shoot the basketball, a, can make plays. And just say, hey, we'll give you lawns. But everything we read in that article says they're not going to do the rational thing. And no, then I, 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 I agree. Now, obviously, that takes you out of the Anthony Davis. Okay, but that's by, I, I contend that the, the better fit in 2019 is not a big, but it's a shooting guard. 
LeBron has proven he plays great with guards. He struggles at times with bigs. I've been on this Bradley Beal thing for months. I think he's a perfect fit. LeBron plays with shooters and high IQ guys. This past year, the Lakers had no shooters and crazy guys. It was the exact opposite of what LeBron works with. <laughs> Wasn't it? No, look, I like Beal. I, I still would try to make a push for Anthony Davis, but I like Bradley Beal a lot. And if and and we'll see who runs the Wizards if they if they like Lonzo that much because uh, Alvin Gentry likes Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, and if they like that fourth pick as much as that third, did this article surprise you? Forty seconds. Did it surprise you? This no, article. it really just kind of confirmed everything that we were <laughs> hearing and surmised from all that's going on. Genie's kind of lost with the way things are going. Mom and pop operation. Linda Rambis has an inordinate amount of power. Rob, that's his rep, true or not, that he's, you know, a serial liar. How about this? Coaching staff member said about the Lakers offseason, we all had the same reaction the basketball world did. Like, what the <laughs> blank are we doing? Not only are we not getting shooting, we're also getting every basket case left on the market. That's and what that, we're all saying. Right. That was the feeling of the basketball <laughs> world. It was like, what in the world is going on? Chris Broussard, great stuff. Matt Barnes, good seeing you, bud. Thanks. Here we go. Hey, Here we go. <laughs> Lay it on. You gonna let me do? Lay it on thick, please. Jenny said he it was Kawhi was a big reason. Nah, Jenny, that's you that's mistaken. Wrong. Oh, so we're going to the the reason. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about, Skip yeah. Bayless. Yeah. Kawhi was yeah. the reason, yeah. and he gets an A. An A plus. Get you're going A plus. A plus. I think you just changed. No, the fly. no, A plus. You had your notes probably say A. Your no, researcher no, no. told you to say A. No, but no, 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 okay. no, 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 don't do that, Skip. Okay. Now I'm not saying this was Michael Jackson's Thriller album. I'm not even <laughs> saying this was Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album. But Dirty Diana, mm. that's it. Bad, that's it. That's his album right here. Yeah, yeah. Ten million copies that. sold. Good. So That's about right. It wasn't that virtuoso that we saw the other night, mm. or the game seven, mm. or the game four. Oh. But when they needed Kawhi yeah, to be, you're still going to give it an A plus. <laughs> okay, I got. It. Okay. But Skip, when they needed him, mm -hmm. he came through. 27, 17, and seven. Mm. But Kawhi, we need you to be great in the second half. Okay. 19, 12, and 4 huh. with two blocks. <clears throat> Can I interest you in that? Because Skip Bayless tells me all the time. He said, really, the Shannon, the way you measure an athlete or the way I measure them, especially if they're all-time great, and we hold them to the highest standard, what did you do when your team needed you the most? In the fourth quarter. Go ahead. Ooh, he yeah. was something. Woo. And see, a lot of times what get carried away is that yeah. all we look at is the offensive input. The uh, output that a guy does. He scored uh, 35. Yeah. But he had a yeoman's work. Mm. So not only was he giving you the 30 on a nightly basis, mm -hmm. he was locking down, he was locking up, mm. and had Giannis in solitary. Mm. No sunlight. Wouldn't even let him skip. That's high max. Really? You know, even on high max, they let you come out one hour a really? day. Really? Yeah. Had him on 24 hour mm. lockdown. Uh, Locked him up. Had him down in the hole, man. Ooh. Giannis shot 58% yep. in the regular season. Yep. When Kawhi Leonard guarded Giannis in this series, mm -hmm. he shot 35%. Mm -hmm. And the guy that's going to be the MVP was anything but that outside of the first two games. Mm. So, Skip Bayless, I don't really know how we get around this today. Mm. But today is the day. Mm. On is Sunday, it? we on Sunday we praised one guy, oh, but today always. Monday we got. Now to you're praise. going to straight <laughs> blasphemy. You had, you were uh, doing okay, but you went completely over let the edge. Me pray, let straight me, blasphemy. Let me praise Kawhi. He deserved it. 
And I know it hurts. It hurts. It hurts a little more today because where he came from, mm -hmm. you know, that's your baby. I mm -hmm. mean, he was your guy. Yep. That was your guy. Mm -hmm. Now he's Toronto's guy. Yep, and they're going to the NBA finals. For, for a little while, he's Toronto's guy. <laughs> don't, don't worry about yeah. that. You don't worry about how long he's going to be. But for right now, Kawhi Leonard is an A+. Plus mm. Dear Father, forgive him for what he does not know. <laughs> now, let's talk about what I saw on okay. Saturday night, shall what'd we? You, I'm going to give you this. Number two played pretty well on Saturday pretty night. Well. I give you that. Okay. The team around him played extremely shockingly well. Hmm. So if just one of us can be objective and step back and put this in the right perspective, mm -hmm. I'm going to give number two a B minus. And that, you know, I, I wavered between C plus, B minus, but I'm going to go B minus because I'm going to look on the bright side today because the Toronto Raptors finally, for the first time in their history, are in the NBA Finals, and I got to give them that, so I'm going to give them a slight edge. I'm going to go B minus. Do you realize if not for one lucky bounce three that came late, and I'm going to talk about it a little more in detail in just a minute, but he had one lucky bounce three. If not for that, do you realize that number two would have been 0 for 8 from three? Can I interest you in that? Yeah, yeah, you can. Can I interest you, by the way, in a little-known stat that since May 7th, that number two has been the worst shooter in the playoffs from the three-point line at 26.5%. But that, who's counting? Let's leave that be for now. But that means he was almost 0 for 8 from three on Saturday night with six turnovers. So those two alone, I, I got to go down to B-. And by the way, we have gone back and forth for weeks about Toronto's supporting cast. Mm -hmm. You dug in and said Milwaukee has the better supporting cast. I said that is laughable. It's not true. And they just showed you, I think, that Toronto has much superior supporting I cast. I could have swore I had an addendum. Oh. I amended. Oh. I said oh, Milwaukee okay. had the more consistent, oh. Oh, okay. which they had been oh. throughout the entirety of the regular season. Mm. Therefore, they were had 60 wins. Oh. But so go ahead. Bad. Okay. So, just for the record, for those who missed it, because most people probably did, number two did need to rest for the first three minutes and 30 seconds of the fourth quarter. That came after Reggie Miller on TNT said that he was out of gas mid-third quarter. I know you don't listen, I but don't, I hear. out of gas. And I nearly fell out of my chair on that one because he just – he looked just fine to me, but what what do I know? He I, always looks fine I, I've to I've only watched him the last seven years. I don't know, but he just looked just fine to me. He's always got kind of a pained expression on his face, mm -hmm. sure. but that doesn't mean that he's out of gas. So he did sit, and I have no problem with this, for the first 3.30 of the fourth quarter, and when he took the seat, they were down five. When he stood up and came back in the game, would you believe they were up two? So I don't know what happened, but the supporting cast went crazy while he was sitting. Mm -hmm. And the supporting cast went on a 9-2 to two run. Now, he had started to turn the momentum around before he came out at the end of the third, third quarter. Point. That is correct. But, but all of a sudden, they go on a 9-2 to two run without him. I don't know who these people are. Guy you trashed all last week, Van Vliet, just went crazy hot from three. So <laughs> Over the last three games, uh, I'd say crazy. he did. Yeah. But, but this time in this 9-2 to two run, Van Vliet gets loose for a layup. And then Norman Powell, I've always told you I love Norman Powell coming off the bench because he comes sure. in, he's just fearless. And he made another big three. And then – I don't know how, but Siakam had a big dunk, and then I'm sorry, Ibaka had a big dunk, and then Siakam made a nice little six-foot floater, and that adds up to nine to two. And I, 
I don't know. It, the supporting cast looked really good to me in this game, which is why I think they got a good shot against Golden State. Yeah, we'll I get think, to that in a little bit. I think bit. they do have a very okay. good shot also, Skip. But we've seen teams. You remember uh, two years ago, maybe three years ago, um, LeBron uh, and the Cavaliers were playing the uh, playing the Warriors. No, they played mm -hmm. Indiana. Mm -hmm. And they were down 24. Mm -hmm. And they go on the historic run without Kevin Love and without Kyrie. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is that when you see great players, when things start to go mm -hmm. in their favor, they want to get in to be a part of sure. it. Mm -hmm. But Kawhi just side back is like, hey, I need the break because up Skip, we got to realize, mm -hmm. if he didn't take that break, he'd have played almost 45 minutes in the game. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what caught up with him, was catching up with him in game three because he had played so many minutes and the double overtime. Mm -hmm. So he's getting to a, a, a point of no return here. It's the biggest game in Toronto basketball history times 10. And I'm glad you Thank said that. Yes. So now you even make his performance even more magnificent. Really, really. Okay. So I always say money time, fourth quarter time. Let's look at how number two did in the fourth quarter because most people have completely overlooked what really happened because this is what I saw. What did you see? I saw him make a fast break dunk with 646 left that just brought down not, not only the, the, the house and the crowd there, just brought down the world. Top echelon of all-timers. It's the only thing missing. It is he the only is the three-time champion, like you mentioned. He is the architect and the centerpiece of, at the very least, the greatest dynasty of this era and a dynasty that could rival the Bulls in the 90s, the Lakers in the 80s, maybe even the Celtics in the 60s. But the one club he's not a part of is the finals MVP club. And if and when he gets a finals MVP, he joins an even more exclusive club than finals MVP. And that's guys who have multiple regular season MVPs who also have at least one finals MVP. That list is eight names long. Goes like this. LeBron, Michael, Magic, Kareem, Wilt, Duncan, Bird, Moses. Wow. Now, Bill Russell is not included in that. He probably should be. The trophy's now named after him, but it wasn't given in his time. But those players are the first, second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh, ninth, and 14th by my rankings, greatest players ever. And it's going to be hard to keep Steph Curry out of that type of conversation if he adds a fourth championship and a finals MVP, it's the only thing missing. You could argue he should have won it in 2015 over Iggy. He was right there with Kevin Durant last year, but he hasn't gotten one yet. This is his best opportunity, particularly because of how badly the Warriors are going to need him in these NBA finals with Kevin Durant missing at the very least the first game. Yeah, I think it's more important to me. The, the history stands alone by itself, but it's important that he has an epic NBA finals because in the playoffs, he has not been at his best. We've seen him best during the regular season, even though he's been a winner if he's not MVP. Because you guys posed the question if he is. Well, what if he's not MVP? Then the story continues, well, man, how good was he? Was he necessary? Because there will be a storyline if he wins it or if he does not win it. Let's just say the Warriors, for argument's sake, they do win it. And Clay gets the MVP, all right? Steph is, it's a hard argument for him because now he's played in five finals. So for me, not playing against LeBron or another iconic player. Now, Kawhi could turn the table and have an epic series then been like, wow. Because I just believe if he did it against LeBron or other people, it means different things. On that list now, we don't know who they played against. We don't know who Magic won against. We don't know who LeBron won against. But 
it would give Steph the opportunity to get on that list. And as you think about him getting on that list, you have to think about what if he does not get on that list because he has not played his best basketball in the NBA Finals. But do you agree this is his best year to do it now that at least KD's not there game one? Who knows how much longer? I believe there's more pressure this time around than any of the other series he was in because he can't afford to have two or off. three bad games. Right. No, and we have seen, especially starting off in the Finals, him get off to a slow start. So with all the pressure on him and for the first time, they'll be able to double team him. They can take the ball out of his hand. They can force him to do other things with the ball. The one thing I'm going to watch as the series goes on, watch how many turnovers he has. They've kept their turnovers down. I don't believe the Toronto defense is going to allow for that, so I believe they'll be a little more careless with the basketball. So I'm looking forward to seeing Steph on the biggest stage. And what Steph has to avoid, because this is – I want to be very clear about my feelings on Steph in the playoffs. It's not that he hasn't shown the ability to have – amazing playoff moments and amazing playoff stretches. He's in the midst of a 36-8-7 stretch right now. What has prevented him from winning any of finals MVPs in the three years they've won the title is he has a propensity, unlike almost any other all-time great player, for the dud of a game. The one in every five or six playoff games where he is five of 17, where he does have a handful of turnovers, where he is picked on defensively. That's what cost him the finals MVP last year was he had one awful game in the in, in a sweep to where it was like, okay, like you could at the series averages, he and KD were eye to eye, but Steph had the one game where you're like, eh, that's a killer. In 2015, he had the killer game, I believe it was game two, when the when the Cavs tied the series up before the, the Warriors went on to win in six. If, if he if the Warriors win the championship, if he can just avoid an awful game that would be an excuse not to give it to him. I think it's only 11 people that vote on this thing. It's it's Van Gundy. It's people at the finals. I think ties will go to Steph. I think well, people would want Steph to win There's two other guys on his team this. who already have a finals MVP. So it Absolutely. Should, a tie should go to Steph at this point in his career. The stage is set, but the trophies aren't given out till the end. And typically, I've been watching sports covering it too long. The thing that you think is going to happen, typically in sports, is not the thing that's going to happen. So for me, I'm more afraid of Clay going off. I'm afraid of Clay catching fire because in some of these big games, Clay, he's been able to play for a quarter. He didn't have to be outstanding for five games, but th there's more pressure on Clay. There's more pressure on Steph. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're neck and neck, Steph. And Clay, as far as the mentions, as far as the MVP. And when you say Jenna, is this his best chance? For all we know, this could be his last chance. I'm not saying it will be, but uh, we assume Kevin Durant's going to leave. You never think things are going to end before they end. When when KD, Russ, and Harden made the NBA Finals and lost to the Heat in five, no one in the world thought that'd be the only time that group got there together. Mm -hmm. When the when the the Celtics won with that big three together the first year. I don't think many people thought that'd be their only championship. I think a lot of people thought, oh, Kevin Garnett's going to have a chance to get a finals MVP. He went back to another NBA finals. They lost in seven to Kobe. Yeah, but these that are the Warriors. The bulk of them are coming back next year. There's a good chance and a good likelihood. But I think because of KD perhaps not going deep into the series or maybe not starting for a while, that would be his biggest well, chance. Well, listen, it is certainly of these last three years, I would argue, the best chance for him to shine because he's not going to have mm -hmm. to share the spotlight with Kevin Durant. But I just, we while the Warriors will go into 
into next season, even without Kevin Durant as the favorites in the West, they won't be the overwhelming favorites, the them versus the field favorites they've been in the previous few years. So, yeah, it's important for Steph because to Chris's point, if this is the last finals they make or the last championship they win, and all of a sudden you're in the back, you're like, wait, Iggy won one, Durant when he was there won two, and mm -hmm. Draymond peeled one, Clay peeled one, and KD's out. And Right. And without KD there, so there, I was looking at it from if he gets it, what it catapults him to. If he doesn't get it and they win, what that means for him, fair or not, moving forward is an interesting discussion. All right. I was saying this, Doug. You've moved around a lot professionally. You've, you know, you've done this stuff. I said the upside to professional mobility is. A lot of times you don't have to go through the struggle of a new company. You join a good company that's formed. A commerce is good. And you kind of ride the wave and you, you jump on the wave and you got. Whereas the downside to professional mobility is sometimes you feel like an outsider. And Kevin Durant was talking this weekend. He's like, I hear it. I hear what everybody's saying. Like they were good without you. And it, it's funny because I, I really like Kevin Durant and, and you and I have both moved around. And I think the Warriors have done an amazing job to make him feel like, dude, this is your place. But it's not. Right, like it's not, and it, and it, and he does feel like an outsider, and I get it. He he does. It it is really weird though how the narratives kind of change, right? Like first, if you take the Warriors, remember their first championship. If we're just honest, Kyrie only played in Game One and didn't play all the way in overtime because right. he hurt his knee, right. and they didn't have Kevin Love, right? So everybody said, and and if you go back through the the, the Cavs didn't, I'm saying, and if you go back through their playoff run, every team they played was missing their point guard. For uh, for at least yeah, even the Grizzlies, uh, the Grizzlies were missing Mike Conley for a couple games. Drew Holiday didn't play a couple games. They got some breaks. They got they got several breaks, and then and then they almost lost to the Thunder. They did lose to the Cavs. Yes, and they add Kevin Durant. People are like, well, you know, they were already a championship team. Like, no, they actually weren't. They had won a championship. This took them to another level, and even in this season. The last month of the season, Kevin Durant was trying to be a great teammate, moving the basketball. Look at the number of shots, field goal attempts, and the, the average points. Like, the reason he didn't, be, he wasn't first team all NBA was he was trying to truly buy in yeah. to how they want to play. And then after two games against the Clippers, people were like, well, why aren't you scoring that much? So he's like, oh, you want me to score? <laughs> okay, here's 45 a night. Yeah, right. And now they have three comebacks without him, and it's like, wow, they don't really need you. So I, I understand what it must feel like to be Kevin Durant, or I, I don't actually understand, but I, I understand where he's coming from. He wins two finals MVPs, stare down LeBron James, the better player in the second half of four of the five games, yeah. makes the dagger three in game three in Cleveland, both games. And it wasn't until this season, right before he hurts his calf, where everybody's like, you know what? He actually might be the best player. And now, yeah, he feels a little bit like an outsider. It's This reminds me of in high school sports when the kid transfers in, yeah. right? You already had all these guys grow up playing together. Right. And they were good. And they won like a section championship and maybe a state championship. But you add him and like, well, he's not really from the area. Like, yeah, I did. I moved in. I moved into the, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, that said, I think they need him to win this, win this series. No, I think, you know, I said it, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Maverick series where you had a good coach, one star, bunch of cagey veterans. You'd won the two regular season matchups against the Heat. They've won the two regular season. You got length. And by the way, there's no indecision for those Mavs or these Raptors. Who's taking the shot? Yeah. We're not arguing about it. I think it's actually a fairly competitive series. Oh, I think it's a very good series. Look, the the the, the Raptors were not a bad team. They just could not. The MVP of the finals 
was not Kawhi Leonard. It was LeBron James of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Because right? they couldn't mentally, emotionally get over LeBron James. Right. Whether it was last year or you know, a couple years ago when they went, uh, when they went what six games? Like they just could not get over. It was it was always like oh that, it, they were the. They were the Cleveland Cavaliers or the New York Knicks of the 80s they and 90s. They couldn't get past Jordan. Could not get past Jordan. They could not get. So LeBron opens it up, and then they get Kawhi. And let's not underestimate some of the other moves. You know, getting Marcus All late. That's a huge pickup. So they're a good team with a great player who they have a couple guys with championship experience. He's been a finals MVP. No, I think this is an awesome series. Uh, on the other hand, I think Steph's playing the best basketball of his life. Yeah. I think Clay has re regained his form. I think the time off was huge for Andre Iguodala, who might be the most important player. Uh, I think Draymond Green looks like the Draymond Green of a couple years ago in terms of being in shape and actually making shots. He didn't make shots in the playoffs at all last year. People said it was his shoulder, then it was his knee. So I think they're going to get the best version of the old group of Warriors, but I do think you need somebody to stare down Kawhi Leonard, and that guy's number 35. Um, you know, mid-season of the NBA, uh, there was a poll that said, who would you build your franchise around? And it was three centers. And I'm like, man, I never trust centers late at the line. I think you can marginalize them with a new spacing of the NBA. You can marginalize them. Uh, and I also, I, I want guys who control the tempo. Um, I want you to have the ball in your hands. I mean, I, it's now it's a possession league, not a rebounding league, right? And it's nothing against Giannis. I, I, I'd give him the MVP. But, I mean, let's be honest. Kawhi gave Giannis fits. Yes. Like, they... When you, I mean, Kawhi's... Like, look, let's, let's, let's start with the Kawhi conversation. I, want, I know you want to get to the Bucks. Yeah. But let's... I sat here, and I've sat here for a couple years saying, like, okay, people said LeBron was the best. I thought KD was the best. Yeah, now yeah, people yeah. are saying the, the third best player in the NBA has been Kawhi Leonard, and now you can make the argument he's the second best or the best player in the NBA. Yeah. He's because of what he does at both ends of the floor. And I understand what you're saying about his passing. He's not a natural passer, yeah. although he had a couple games in he the series. Good, he had a couple good ones here. Yeah, because they were collapsing and making him pass. And, hey, when Fred Van Vliet shoots 87% in his last <laughs> three games, there's going to be some assists there. But what he's able to do at the other end of the floor, which the, the best players in the league – have to be able to play both ends. That's why James Harden cannot be on this list of best players in the league. That's frankly what limits Steph Curry, as great as he is on offense. And they have to be able to guard all five positions. And Kevin Durant can do it. And Kawhi Leonard can do it. And Giannis can do it. The problem with Giannis is he's just not there yet as a shooter. And I, I, the interesting thing about Giannis heading forward is the free throw line. You know, does this become like a Nick Anderson moment? Remember, Nick Anderson missed four free throws. Covered him. Game one. Yep. Magic, magic against the Rockets, and he never recovered. How does Gian can Giannis recover from at the free throw line? His perimeter jump shot will get better. He went from a guy that couldn't shoot at all to a guy that can make some shots now. He'll get better over time. The question becomes a free throw line because that's more of a mental thing, as well as the physics of it. His shot is a little broke. You know, I, I was saying that um, with parody, I went back this weekend and there, really, there's not as much parity as you think in sports. People forget this. When I was a kid growing up, and I, and I wasn't ever a huge hockey fan, but I can remember the Montreal Canadiens in the 60s and 70s owned the league. Now, Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito for about an hour came in, and it wasn't until the New York Islanders had Mike Bossy and great players, the Canadiens owned the NHL. I mean, they just, they just... How long ago was this? This was in the 60s and early 70s. Okay, I, I remember the okay. Islanders and then the but, Oilers. But we talk about parity. And then I never paid attention okay. to hockey the ever again. The, the Minneapolis Lakers the owned Kings the 50s. The Kings in 93. The Celtics owned the 60s. The yes. Montreal Canadiens owned the 60s. Yes. Our life has been dynasties. Yes. And like right now we're like, uh, Kevin Durant... 
Milwaukee, Portland, and Toronto were three of the final four teams. That feels like as much parity as the NBA's had in years. Yes, and and the Celtics could have been there, and the Sixers the Sixers are one shot away from being there, right? I mean, like Portland, maybe maybe not, but you would think the Lakers will be competitive next year. There's a chance that the Clippers get some of these. Yeah, but I I actually but it it goes back to your point. I kind of think if the Warriors stay together, or if they can, if they lose KD, they can add a piece, right? Yeah. They're not going to just go as is. They got to add right. somebody to fill that that small forward void. And eventually, Andre Iguodala is going to be too old. Eventually, Sean Livingston's body just lets down. Like they yeah. got to find another piece. But yes, I, I think. Look, I think the NFL's uh, NBA is really, really healthy. I think it's probably healthier in terms of parity wise than maybe the National Football League, where you have the Patriots <laughs> and somebody trying to beat the Patriots every year. It's an interesting alternative option. And I did not want the Lakers to trade for Bradley Beal during the season because it would remove their ability to, for all intents and purposes, sign a max free agent in the beginning of July this offseason. But once free agency hits, if they, to you know, steal something from the Cody Bellinger line of thinking, strike out a few times, then maybe you go to your alternative options, which is a player a little below the tier you were hoping for that you also have to give up assets for. The reason you don't mind giving up assets in an Anthony Davis trade is you are getting a top-tier, top-level player. Bradley Beal just had the best season of his career. I think he fits beautifully with LeBron. He's the exact type of player you would want around LeBron, a guy who can run an offense on his own, but also is a knockdown shooter and is a quality defender. So I like the fit there. Now, if you're telling me the Lakers sequence it to where they sign a Kyrie Irving and then trade for Bradley Beal, well, now the offseason is an A+. Now you've hit it out of the park to continue the tortured metaphor. But if you, <laughs> if they end up having to settle on missing on the free agents, and then giving up young assets for Bradley Beal, that would mean, even if the team can compete next year, that this offseason didn't go the way they had laid out 12 months ago. Right now on the NBA agenda, nothing's more overvalued than young assets, and that's being people like Ball, people like Ingram, young players who we haven't seen their overall development they're out of that stage. We're projecting Ben Simmons. Like, we keep projecting, oh, what's he going to be? So, right now, I mean, the league and the executives, all these guys are overvalued. But right now, and just talking to some people, and I know Nick is on the scene, the Lonzo Ball-LeBron James combination, not only from a skill set standpoint, because let's just say Lonzo is not a true point guard, but he's a lockdown defender. He can knock down some shots from a three-point range. If we get his free throw squared away, what about being partnered with LeBron? Because Magic, man, Magic needed guys like Byron Scott, Cooper to come off the bench to be able to lock up guys and take some of that pressure so they can play the style. I just believe as LeBron ages, Lonzo becomes a more important asset to the Lakers because you need a lockdown point guard in that Western Conference. And I believe that what they're going through off the court, as far as their relationship, LeBron mentoring him, Lonzo spending more time with LeBron. Um, with LeBron, I just believe just be careful because right now will be the time that Lonzo, I believe, is going to play his best basketball. But it's hard to imagine any trade involving AD or Bradley Beal without having to give up Lonzo Ball. Of but course. Nick, you talk so much about 
where guys are and what tiers they are and what would be best for the Lakers. Break down a little bit. Who who are the available free agents out there and what would be best for the Lakers? And what well, let's show the free agents plus. Let's include Beal and Anthony Davis, who are potential trade targets. And to me, it's pretty clear. Like, you could – there's <laughs> tier one, and Durant and Kawhi are clearly at the top of that. And with Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving following them, you could argue Kyrie should be his tier one and a half. But, the, but that's your first tier options. Tier two is that next level of player, three of whom – bring a somewhat, or at least two of whom, Clay and Beal, a somewhat similar skill set. Kimba brings that same skill set without the defense. Jimmy Butler brings a lot more defensively, less shooting than any of the other three guys. And then tier three is break glass in case of emergency. If, you, if you're down to Boogie Cousins, Tobias Harris, and we're not even going to include the tier four, which is like the Nikola Vucevic's of the world, who are mm -hmm. nice players in their own right, but cannot be the second best player on a championship level team. I... I would, in a heartbeat, give up Lonzo Ball for Bradley Beal if that were my third move of or my my third star, my second move of free agency. I'd give up everyone for Anthony Davis as my first move of free agency. The the Lakers' best hope right now is that LeBron and Kyrie are coming to an agreement, and that they can sequence the events to where you can sign Kyrie and then do the trade for. Anthony Davis, do the trade for Bradley Beal. It's going to be very difficult to do it in the reverse order just because of how the salary cap works, but that's just trust me on that. I, I do like Bradley Beal as a player and this year under very tough circumstances. Yes. Bradley Beal damn near made an all-NBA team. He actually was the first man off it, not Clay Thompson. He averaged 26 points a game. He played all 82 games for the second straight year. Now that's also important because I don't think you want to ask LeBron to play 75 to 82 games in year 17 so for all those reasons it'd be a good fit but even in a western conference without kevin durancey what you would be asking yourself is are is lebron james plus plus bradley beal is beal a good enough secondary option to compete for a championship the only way in my mind he would be is if you do a great job filling out the rest of the roster mm -hmm. and do you trust do we trust rob palenka and the rambi to do that i I don't so much. So that's why I, I would trade Lonzo, but it would be having Beal be the centerpiece of my offseason would be a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, you can't do the Bradley Beal thing before you know what Kawhi and everyone else is going to do. Yep. Bradley Beal is a good plan C, but man, for LeBron James, let's not forget the last two years, they tried to clear all that cap space. They landed LeBron James. How does that pitcher finish out? And Bradley Beal, to me, when you look at LeBron's coming to the Lakers, who's his sidekick? Bradley Beal. I like Bradley Beal's game, but it means that a number of other things have gone wrong. So, yes, if that is at the end of the summer, that's all they can do. I like him as a player. Low maintenance, the 26 a game, 82 games that he played, and is a great defender. All those things are plus for the Lakers, but it will let you know, wow, a lot of stuff must have went wrong. Exactly. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.